Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So as I said, I wanted to um, talk tonight about uh, honoring our elders. And um, the impetus for it is that my mom is here in town this uh, this week, and I uh, um, it's been fun having her around. Uh, and uh, before I bring her up, I wanted to talk in a way that we can all relate to about the five reflections, the particular one first reflection that is recommended in these teachings to remember every day, uh, I am not beyond aging. I will age. I am not beyond second. I'm not beyond sickness. This body will become sick. I'm not beyond death. This body will die. Everything near and dear to me, I will be separated from. And I am the owner of my actions, the owner of my karma. My happiness and unhappiness depends on my actions. That first one, I am not beyond aging. I want to explore this fact together and since we have an authority uh, with us, my mom uh, was 91 and a half two days ago. That was it. She said, you don't want to miss out on the half. You've got to count the half, too. And um, I thought to start, I wanted to share a poem that was found uh, among the possessions of, a, an, of an elderly Irish woman who died in a geriatric hospital. This was, uh, I think it was, I'm not sure when it was, but uh, I think it might have been the early, early 20th century. Um, and uh, it was just found among her possessions, as I say, and one of the nurses uh, saw it and gave it to an editor of a magazine, and it went out uh, to near and far. And actually, you can Google it if you if you want. Uh, the woman's name was Kate, and she was unable to speak, but was often seen writing. And this is um, what she wrote. It's under if you Google it, it's um, under a crabbit old woman. C R A B B I T. A crabbit old woman. <clears throat> what do you see, nurses? What do you see? What are you thinking when you look at me? A crabbit old woman, not very wise, uncertain of habit with faraway eyes, who dribbles her food and makes not reply. When you say in a loud voice, I do wish you'd try who seems not to notice the things that you do and forever is losing a stocking or shoe, who, unresisting or not, 
lets you do as you will with bathing and feeding the long day to fill. Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you see? Then open your eyes. You're not looking at me. I'll tell you who I am as I sit here so still, as I move at your bidding, as I eat at your will. I'm a small child of ten with a father and mother, brothers and sisters who love one another, a young girl at sixteen with wings on her feet, dreaming that soon now a lover she'll meet. A bride soon at twenty, my heart gives a leap, remembering the vows that I promised to keep. At twenty-five now, I have young of my own who need me to build a secure, happy home. A woman of thirty, my young grow fast, bound to each other with ties that should last. At forty, my young now soon will be gone, but my man stays beside me to see I don't mourn. At fifty, once more, babies play round my knee. Again, we know children, my loved one and me. Dark days are upon me. My husband is dead. I look at the future. I shudder with dread. For my young are all busy, rearing young of their own. And I think of the years and the love I have known. I'm an old woman now, and nature is cruel. Tis her jest to make old age look like a fool. The body, it crumbles, grace and vigor depart, and now there's a stone where I once had a heart. But inside this old carcass, a young girl still dwells. And now and again, my battered heart swells. I remember the joys. I remember the pain, and I'm loving and living life over again. I think of the years, all too few, gone so fast, and accept the stark fact that nothing can last. So open your eyes, nurses, open and see. Not a crabbed old woman, look closer, see me. We're all, if we're fortunate, depending whether you think of it as fortunate or not, if we're fortunate to live long enough, we'll know old age. Have you thought about it? Probably some here have thought about it a lot more than others. But no one escapes it if they are around long enough. And there's all different ways to do that. There's all different ways to go through that natural phase of life. Last week, uh, if you were here, you remember um, I dedicated the uh, the evening to Irene Khan before we did questions and answers. Remember that? Um, one thing that um, that Joyce Rybant told me uh, after the 
evening was over that um, I just uh, I, I has stayed with me that I wanted to repeat. And Irene, uh, when Irene Khan, who uh, passed away, for those who weren't here before, she was 84 and she passed away uh, earlier this month, March 8th. And this woman just had a real love of life, joie de vivre, as, as Michael Harrison said, wow, was her main mantra. Wow, isn't life amazing? And um, she had people with her around the clock towards the end of uh, the, those, that last uh, week or so. And um, what Joyce told me at the end of the evening, she said, you know, um, you should know, I, I, I was out of town for that time, so I, I wasn't, couldn't be there to visit her. But every now and then, Irene would wake up and, uh, and get clear enough to look around, and she would each time say, I love you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Three thank yous each time. That was her, her mantra going. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that an amazing way to go? How to go through this very natural process that's part of the curriculum those last moments. Uh, and I was also reflecting on two, um, two other people in my life. A woman that uh, was uh, a mentor of uh, Jane's, my wife. This woman, Helen, who had um, uh, dementia or Alzheimer's towards the end of, of, of her life. This is many years ago we visited her. She was a very amazing, wise, inspiring being. And when we visited her at her, this, uh, this, I don't know whether it's, yeah, assisted living, uh, just uh, this institution that she was in. And we, we came and said, we're here for Helen. And the nurses lit up, oh, you know Helen. Oh, come and meet Helen. Come and see Helen. It's been a while. And we saw Helen, and Helen didn't recognize us. She didn't recognize Jane even, who she was quite close to. And she said, um, I'm so happy to meet you. Mm, I just uh, kind of tear up. It was, it was so honest and authentic. I'm so happy to meet you. Tell me about you. What a lifetime of practice can do. So another friend whose mom recently passed away also had those advanced um, uh, Alzheimer's. And um, she had a, a, a different way of, of going. And she had been really um, difficult for the whole family. But, the, but they all gathered in those last stages. They all gathered. And uh, as difficult as she had been through actually a lot of her life, they were there to celebrate the good that came through her. And it was uh, my friend's presence that said, we're here to celebrate this 
this person's life. As difficult as she had been, not only at the, the, the last parts, but throughout the life, there was a lot of good that came through her. And there's a lot of love that we have benefited from. And it was a, a beautiful kind of a celebration. And so it's something to uh, contemplate how we relate to beings who are going through what we will all go through. And our society doesn't really honor the elders, the elderly, as most societies do, or as many societies do, that as you become an elder, you get more respect and you're treated with great appreciation. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, that's, that's not always the case. That's often not the case here. Just uh, Jane, who works at Berkeley Adult School, um, and you know the budget has been slashed everywhere in California education. Well, Berkeley Adult School, one program that they are cutting is the seniors program. And uh, Jane was at a, um, at a community meeting, and they had two very articulate seniors in their uh, late 80s or so, very sharp, talking about, this is before it was cut, um, talking about what the seniors program meant to them, that coming in and doing some qigong once a week was like their high point of the, of the week. And doing some, I forget the other thing, there was some music or some, some um, uh, literature uh, class that it really was the thing that gave them juice. And it was interesting because Jane said, you know, when they were thinking about all the different priorities, well, you know, you can't take away from the, the, the kindergarten or from, or from this group or that group. Yeah, you know, is it really important to Qigong class for the elderly? And when she heard these people talk, she said, oh, wow, this is really, this is really sad. Mm. So um, it's important for us, I think, to honor those around us, particularly when we are inspired by them, too. And uh, I want to let you know that um, I've been inspired by my mom. I thought we could, uh, I, I'd bring her up here in a few moments and uh, you could meet her and uh, um, we could have a conversation uh, after she says a few words. I'll tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom, Selma. Selma Barras, who is a character, a force to be reckoned with, <clears throat> has her thoughts about just about everything and pulls no punches. <clears throat> don't say anything, I just one warning, don't say anything critical about Keith Olbermann or Rachel Maddow, or <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. Okay, <clears throat> that's the only warning I'll give you. Everything else is just, you know, gloves off. 
when I was growing up, uh, my one of my main memories is Open School Week, when the uh, when the parents would come in. Remember Open School Week? When my and and they'd come in during the day when I was going to school. They come in during the day. My mom, I always thought, and I think it was true, was the prettiest mom of all. She was. She was like. Gorgeous. But wow, I've got a pretty mom. Huh? Um, she was re- has always been really smart, really smart. She, as, as I say in the book, uh, Awakening Joy, she's a heavy-duty Scrabble player and still beats me mercilessly. The last game we played, she had three seven-letter words on, uh, and I think two of them, two or three on triple, on the triple word. (laughs) So this is not somebody going out, you know, uh, quietly. Um, She never went to college, which I think was uh, a a great sadness because um, just she had to go to work and was raising a family at the time. And she was brilliant. It makes me wonder what it would have been like if she did go to college, what, what her potential could have been as far as realizing her skills. She worked up until you we were just uh, saying, uh, going to the doctor's office today, she worked up until she was 78. They said, did you work? Yeah, until I was 78. And the reason why she worked that long is that the company didn't want to let her go. They just couldn't let her go. She worked. She was in, in sales, managing. Uh, a, she kind of like ran the company, but got paid for you know one of the as one of the one of the uh, uh, lower rung um, employees uh, for this large paper company. And after a point where she didn't, she wasn't doing the details. They said, "You just take the clients out to lunch. You know, that's that's it." Because she, everybody wanted to work with, with my mom. A voracious reader, world traveler. She's a New York sophisticate, very cultured, knows the theater backwards and forwards. Um, married to my dad, who was a very special guy, who passed away in 1984, and had a, the love affair of, of their life, although they did fight from, from time to time. There was always a lot of love between them. <clears throat> and she was also very open-minded. Um, when I first started to meditate, my mom came with me and we did TM together. That was before I got into Buddha Dharma and uh, mindfulness practice. I think it was like 68 or 60, something like that, 69. And she would, she got her mantra, and she just told me this a year ago that she still uses her mantra when she, when things are when she uh, is getting a little bit anxious as she's going for some kind of procedure. She uses her mantra. Really, mom? I haven't used my mantra in a long time, but she's into it. And uh, she would come with me to some far out things in New York when I kind of got into spiritual stuff. And uh, uh, 
there were some wild scenes that I got into, Hindu scenes when Ramdas was in New York, and there was this woman, uh, Hilda, who would do all kinds of chanting, and she said, I'll check it out too. So <laughs> she was open-minded. When I got into, when I really got into the Dharma, when I really got into all this Vipassana stuff and retreat stuff, she got a little bit concerned because I was just going for it. The first time I did a long retreat, you know, a three-month course, she and my dad were like saying, what have you gotten into? That was, it was pretty heavy, but I just knew what I needed. The second time I signed up for a long retreat, she said, didn't you get it the last time? <laughs> but it took a little while before she saw it. it wasn't just a cult. And uh, she actually came to IMS, Insight Meditation Society, and sat a, a, um, a weekend retreat that I led. That was a, that was a real special thing. And she... Um, now, if she's around, she basically wouldn't miss if I'm giving a Dharma talk. She, she likes it. Uh, let's see, anything else? Humor, New York, sarcasm, all the way. We went today to, um, was it today? Yeah, to, uh, she's up here because she has some, uh, some dental, uh, some major dental work that uh, we found right doctors up here in, uh, in the Bay Area. And they were putting on um, the cloth. No, it was yesterday. They put on the uh, the protective lead, you know, cloth over her. And they she they said, Are, "Is this okay?" She said, "Yeah, but I'm just a little afraid for the baby." <laughs> this is this is my mom. They kind of. Opened their eyes. So the last two years of of uh, my life as uh, as pre and her life as if you know um, I'll uh, I, I've shared this before. It's in the book that uh, my mom has gotten into gratitude practice, and I. I, she was at the um, the joy course this week. I said, "Mom, you're going to be here when the joy course is here, and it's the gratitude week. You've got to come and say a few words." Um, so she was speaking the last two nights at the at the joy course, and uh, she was. I said, "Come on, I want them to hear you." And she's very concerned that she she doesn't like to repeat herself. So. Uh, I said, "Hey, I repeat stories all the time. Um, so, how many how many people were at the joy course this week? Okay, see, there's just a couple of couple of hands. And the uh, book party, the book release party. Okay, how many people have not heard my mom do her thing? Okay, look, mom. So um, she said, "Oh, I don't want to do this again." I said, I just want you, them to hear a little bit about you, and then we can we can talk. Uh, you can just hang up out here with me. So for those who who aren't familiar with it, uh, I'll because it's it's part of the thing that uh, that she'll be 
I wanted to share with you. In the in the book is the story. I shared this a couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, or I forget. Yeah, last last month. Uh, there's a story how um, I was visiting her down in uh, Los Angeles, and I was writing about gratitude, and there was all kinds of research that I had with me about gratitude and how it improves your immune system and your health and your your relationships and your vitality and a whole lot of research, which was very impressive. And uh, I, I, I was sharing this with her, and she, I said, isn't that really neat, Mom? Because my, my mother has a tendency to look at, the, um, uh, at what's wrong. She's a worrier. That's, that's how, what, how she's always been and what could go wrong. And I said, isn't it? Isn't this, uh, wouldn't this be really good? Instead of complaining, she's a worrier and, and has a tendency at times to complain. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.